Himalaya. I'm Colleen Sedmanyi, and this is Yoga for Life. There's an underlying belief that somehow we aren't enough, that we are unworthy frauds and losers. In Yoga for Life, we will uncover these self-imposed limitations that are keeping us from contentment and freedom. We will talk about caring too much what others think, fear of not adding up, seeking comfort, divorce, aging, relationships, grief, power, and of course, sex, one of my favorite topics. In this podcast, you can expect open, real, and raw dialogue about what keeps our hearts heavy, spirit hidden, and potential limited. We will give you yoga tools to peel back the layers, to find compassion and love for the person that is living in your body, and to learn to live the present moment fully with all of its glory and its pain. You're listening to Yoga for Life, a Himalaya learning production. For exclusive content like yoga videos to accompany the podcast that you've just heard, go to Himalaya.com and enter promo code YOGA for your first 14 days free. We hope you enjoy. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Joy. Every week, we will clear the slate and begin each podcast with a short meditation. You don't have to know how to meditate. You just sit. So find an easy seat. If you're comfortable closing your eyes, let your eyes drift closed. Think of something that you fear. Not the biggest fear, but something that makes you feel anxious or something that brings up anxiety in you. We'll get to the bigger fears later. Close your eyes. Conjure up this feeling. Notice where this feeling resides in your body. When you think about this thing that makes you afraid or fearful, it lives inside your body. It can be very precise. Bring your mind to that area. Stay there. Pull your breath into that area. Stay there. Bring all of your awareness into this area. Continue to stay. Infuse this area with peace with love, 
with kindness, with calm. Slowly let your eyes open. Gather your hands, bowing your head. Namaste. This podcast is about fear. My husband and I had just finished having sex. I knew that would get your attention. But it's true. In a beautiful all-marble shower, when I had a massive grand mal seizure. If I were to have convulsed and he weren't there, I would probably be dead. But he was there, and he couldn't let me fall, so he pinned me against the shower with all of the strength that he had until my muscles finally unclenched, and he laid me down in the shower. When I woke up, I was in excruciating pain. Turns out I had fractured nine vertebrae. The following week, I had been hired to teach a yoga class in the Grand Palais in Paris. The Parisian Philharmonic was accompanying me, and there would be 10,000 people attending and was live-streamed throughout all of France. I put on my back brace when I boarded the plane. This was the most afraid that I have ever been, standing on the stage in front of 10,000 people teaching yoga with a body that could barely move, and so petrified that I would have a seizure with all of these eyes on me. That was a huge what-if. Every yoga tool that I had ever learned had to accompany me to get through this. Before the event, I went into the green room and put my legs up the wall. I placed my hands on my head and waited until I could feel it soften. I followed my breath. I lengthened the exhalation When you're afraid, you hold your breath. Go ahead for a moment. Pretend like you are me standing on a stage with a broken body and the intense fear of being mortified by having a seizure in front of thousands of people. Take a moment and feel that. Probably you're not exhaling. Oh, and did I mention that every media channel was there as well? Getting to the stage and being able to exhale was a huge accomplishment in and of itself. The observation of my exhale is what kept me from being completely paralyzed. The event came off without a hitch. My absolute number one biggest and most haunting fear is losing cognitive function of my brain. I have complete amnesia after a seizure that can last from several hours to a day. I remember once waking up after a seizure and I was looking into my daughter's frightened eyes. She was eight. I knew that I loved her but didn't know who she was. I kept trying to get the word love to come out, but it was just gibberish. But I was aware enough to be terrified. I live in terror of having a seizure where my brain never comes back. I can conjure up this feeling. I know that living with this fear destroys me. When I am triggered by seeing a movie such as Still Alice, where she slowly loses her mental capabilities, my eyes tear up. It feels like my brain is swelling and becomes hard, almost like it's too big for inside my head. 
I go into my brain with my mind's eye and wait and watch its nature. Eventually, it will start to soften, and I can feel the brain move with my breath. Then I start the meditation and breath work of shrinking my brain on the inhale and expanding on the exhalation. I recognize that fear has taken up residence. Notice where in the body is responding to that fear. Then I cradle it, sing to it, take it out for tea, and eventually affect it with breath and meditation. Again, this is a classic what if dot 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 that keeps me from living the present moment. Okay, that's my biggest fear. I thought that I would just lay it out so that maybe when it's your turn, you can also be honest. In a minute, I'm going to ask you when or what that is for you. But first, here are some scenarios to warm you up. Close your eyes. Listen deeply to your body as you imagine the scenario. If any of them are too fragile for you, just wait for the next one. I'm not asking you to go anywhere that you are not ready to go. If you feel nothing and it's a scenario that just doesn't register, then sit it out and wait for the next one. Since it isn't necessarily your story, this is like training wheels. Here goes. You're in a tent alone in the middle of nowhere. It's two o'clock in the morning. You hear a bear scratching at the tent. You even see its shadow. What happens to your breath? Your muscles? Your brain? And your adrenals? When you realize that it was just a branch of a tree that had blown against the tent, how long does it take you to recover? Listen to your body. Scenario number two. You are talking on the phone when suddenly you see a five-year-old that just heard the ice cream truck and took off running into traffic, oblivious of anything else in the world. What is your body response? Do you notice anything else around or are you hyper-focused? What happens to your energy? Does it surge or does it go dormant? What happens to your heart? You could say that this is an appropriate use of the adrenaline that fear produces. In this case, thank God that we have fear. Scenario number three. You just got fired from your job and don't see any prospects ahead. Or maybe you haven't been fired but just live in fear of it. You spend a lot of time worrying about your bank account. Just imagine it. What is your body language? Is the energy in your body over or under active? Do you feel deflated or confident? Now, where do you feel it? This next scenario is a tough one, but unfortunately, it is not uncommon. If it hits too close to the bone, back up. You are molested in a basement as a small girl, and you are asked to take a class, 
and the class takes place in a basement, and there is a bed in the corner just like the one where you were assaulted. What happens to your body? What happens to your throat? What happens to the palms of your hands? How do you smell? How long does that feeling last when you leave the basement? Another scenario. You love someone so deeply that the fear of them leaving or dying is all-consuming. Where does that reside in your body? Is it constant? Does it allow you to love freely in this moment? You realize that you just hit the send button where you were scathing about someone that you didn't realize was copied on the email. Is that an inhale or is that an exhalation? What happens to your eyes? What is the taste in your mouth? What does your chest feel like? How about your shoulders? And what if you have an obligation to go to an event and you know that your ex that you haven't seen since you split up will be there with his new girlfriend? What happens in your gut? The corners of your lips. The area just to the right of your heart. Of course, there are many other scenarios of fear. I just want you to notice how the body registers these different stories. The title of Bessel van der Kolk's book, The Body Keeps the Score, kind of says it all. Even if your brain has long forgotten a traumatic story, there is an imprint in your body. I was run over by a car when I was 15 and have absolutely no memory of it, but for years I would start shaking uncontrollably when a car would screech its brakes. I still will never walk anywhere where there isn't a sidewalk. This is where yoga comes in. We clear the body of resistance. It is a powerful and not easy process. I don't know many people that haven't laid in Shavasana and cried at one time or another. It is a relief when the body lets go. Quite often, there isn't even a story that the brain knows, but the body feels safe enough to set down its armor. Talking therapy is absolutely wonderful, but my belief is that it's not complete without honoring, listening to, and releasing it from the body. When there is that somatic letting go from observation, meditation, and postures, quite often your face will lose its gripping, your laugh will surface easily, and in some cases you're literally carrying extra weight to cover up what you don't want to address, sort of like a protection. And that could also shed. And it's funny, but you literally start to smell different. It's not unusual to be asked, what's going on? Are you in love? And the answer is, well, yes, I am, with every bit of my complex and beautiful self. Okay, I have told you a few of my biggest fears. It is now your turn. Take a moment to imagine your biggest fear. 
if it's too big, go through and find a medium fear. Feel it. Taste it. Smell it. Touch it. Hear it. Does it have a color? Where does it reside inside of your gorgeous body? Is it solid or does it move? Right now, what is the quality of your breath? What is your body language? What does your emotional body feel like? How about your nervous system? Is your instinct to cover up that feeling? Do you know that you are not actually in danger right now? Can you sit with it a bit longer? Can you invite your fear out for tea? Can you dive inside it? Can you hum to it? Can you infuse love into it? Do you feel any melting of resistance? Watch your breath. If your eyes are closed, slowly open them. Know that fear is stored in the body, and you can see that it can be very specific and, again, sometimes necessary. The problem is if it doesn't shut off. And when that happens, every situation is scary. Your adrenals never get a break, and you stand at the ready to fight or flight. You're exhausted and not enjoying the pleasures and joys that are right now, right here, right in front of you. You never try anything new because there is a risk of failure. You don't go to a party because you're afraid of looking awkward or saying the wrong thing. You don't leave an abusive marriage because you are afraid of the unknown. You can see that fear takes on many different guises. Not one fear is the same, but one thing that they have in common, it is about something that could happen or it is about losing something that you have. Again, fear is a primal response to imminent threat when it is necessary for survival. But keeping it on 24-7 will kill you. No one likes their fear, and most would like for it to disappear. Is there a way to welcome it, to become friends with it, to redirect it? Is there a way to train your brain? How about we make friends with fear? We give it attention, which is equivalent to love. And then once we have a friend, we can train it. It's hard to train an enemy. They won't listen. There is nothing more exhausting than your adrenals always in fight, flight, or freeze mode. Your nervous system was not designed for that, and you need a break. Unrelenting fear wreaks havoc on every system. It can weaken the immune system, cause cardiovascular damage, mess with the intestines, damage our brain, especially memory and sex drive. It can accelerate aging and even cause premature death. I know this is starting to sound like one of those late-night commercials about a medicine, and then they list two minutes of contraindicators, and you think, why would anyone ever take this medicine? You know what? It's the same here. 
So let's get to know our fear and address it from the inside out. We all want a security blanket and a promise of a delightful future. Do we really want to live in a fearless bubble, in a painless, secure, and comfortable place? This is not living a full human existence. It's actually a type of prison where nothing can get in or out. We want something to hold on to, something that will not change. The only truth that I can promise you is that everything that you know is impermanent. So we might as well fully live now without worrying, anticipating, clinging, pushing, running, fighting, freezing, or blaming. The what-ifs will just continue to run rampant and destroy our peace of mind. Why is it we love to listen to music? Because when you are really listening, you're in the moment. You could say the same is true when having an orgasm or standing on one leg. Being in the moment is not an environment where fear can thrive. So why do we hate to get out of our comfort zone when it's the only way to grow? Knowing and moving closer to fear requires great courage. Not extricating it, but listening to it in the way that you would listen to a dear friend that was telling you about a painful situation. You become intimate with it. It becomes interesting to notice every little thing about it. You notice what feeds it and what decreases it. Some common fears are fear of emotions or feelings such as anger, sadness, loneliness, desperation, and vulnerability. All of these need to be respected and not dismissed. One of the worst feelings is that of being dismissed. Why would we do that to a part of ourselves? We are looking for something to hold on to, something to cover up these feelings that we have labeled as bad. What is our mode? Gossiping, blaming, becoming the comedian, overworking, drinking? These are not being thrown out there to make you feel judged. That will only make things worse. This is merely information. This is to wake us up from a long slumber and to realize when we are scrambling for something. So what to do? Smile at it. Say, oh, there you are, my old friend. I see that today you have taken up residence in the left side of my throat. You are so cute and watch it with a sweet grin as if you were watching a child that was demanding your attention and you know that just by that kind of attention, it will calm down. This is a tender and brave heart. Once you have addressed and helped yourself, then you can also help someone else that is in fight, flight, or freeze mode with these simple questions to bring them back to the present moment. These are the questions. Am I actually in danger? If yes, act. Otherwise, ask, do I feel my feet? Stomp your feet. Do I feel my hands? Open and close your hands. What am I hearing? 
What am I smelling? What am I looking at right now? What is the taste in my mouth? Then start to hum, 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 or sing. Let it fade into silence, and then notice your breath. Think of something beautiful, and let that fill your body. Just like using a hammer, the more you practice with it, the more skilled you will be in using it. You can practice these simple questions every single day to bring you from fear to the present moment. Believe it or not, facing and making friends with your own fear allows others to do the same. This can be helpful to know because quite often we are so much more concerned about doing the work for others even when our battery is dead. So, my friend that was shaking in the basement and literally couldn't swallow and could only stay a few minutes in the basement from the scenario at the beginning of this talk would come back every day and practice being in the moment. Most days she could stay a bit longer and this went on for six months. Today, she teaches yoga trainings in that basement. When you make friends with your fear, you can ask that friend to wait in the waiting room, enjoy some guac and chips, and that you will be with it when you finish up what you are doing. Chances are the fear will deflate, get bored, and leave. This works extremely well in the middle of the night when you are woken from an inexplicable dread or just a worry that keeps playing as though on a ticker tape. It's almost like you pick up your fear and gently set it in the waiting room. I'm telling you, it works. This has been a lifesaver for me. We talk a lot in yoga about equanimity, balance, and peace. When in a fearful state, one is so sharply focused on the one thing that could happen that there is no awareness of what is happening. You could say that you are hyper alert. Now, being alert isn't all bad, as long as it is in the present moment and isn't filled with terror. A wonderful way to be is alert and relaxed. If we could extract the alertness of some fear and mix it with the relaxation that yoga provides, our awareness could spread to include what is right here and now. We could find a wonderful way to live fully and freely in the world. Again, alert, soft, and relaxed. If you could say that there was a goal in yoga and in life, this would be it. It takes courage, but you are courageous and deserve to be free of this suffering from fear. I'd like to close with my favorite Pema Chodron quote. Place your fearful mind in the cradle of loving kindness. Suckle it. Nurse it with profound, brilliant milk of doubtlessness. In the cool shade of fearlessness, fan it with the fan of joy and happiness. Thank you for listening. 
To get the most out of this show, check out the yoga videos available only on the Himalaya Learning platform. Himalaya Learning provides bite-sized courses from world-class thinkers and industry experts for you to enjoy in the app, on the go. To access exclusive content for this show and others like it, go to Himalaya.com and enter promo code YOGA for your first 14 days free. We hope you enjoy. This podcast is produced, recorded, and mixed by Cynthia Daniels at Monk Music Studios in East Hampton, New York. The theme music for Yoga for Life was composed by Rob and Melissa. Come on a journey like no other, where you will discover many roads that will lead you to a happier, healthier, and more stress-free life. And the beauty is, you don't need any vacation time for this adventure. The journey will come to you. Join Avery Rich on your very own journey into yoga. Along the way, she will demystify yoga poses and guide you into a yoga posture or short sequence, all in less than 15 minutes. You have nothing to lose but stress. The Journey Into Yoga podcast. It's not for people who like yoga. It's for people who don't like yoga. Follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at AveryRich.com.